This is Made to Conquer, a podcast designed to inspire you to have a deep relationship with Jesus. Jesus told us to make every effort to enter through the narrow door so that when we stand before him, we hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hello, everyone. This is Tiana Shoei, and welcome to the podcast Made to Conquer. This is our second official episode. And the first two, as I mentioned, were just me sharing my testimony. They are not required if you have not heard my testimony to get to this point. It just helps give a little context as to who I am and why I'm doing this podcast. And then in the first episode, we talked about how God is good because I wanted to start off with just understanding the fundamental belief that God is worthy of following. Jesus is worthy of following. So in this episode, I was going to talk about the fact that we are new creations in Christ, But as I prayed about it, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to go in a slightly different direction. And I just want to talk about having that relationship with your, with the Lord. And I'm calling this not your Sunday Christian. (laughs) So what do I mean by that? And and let's dive into this. So there are going to be three main points that we want to talk about today. We're going to go through, and we got a lot of scripture we're going to go through today. I like to read from my Bible. I could could go on the internet and or uh, and print everything out in one nice piece of paper, but I'm going to go through my Bible. As you can see, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, I've got all kinds of pages noted. So be prepared for us to jump into the Word of God today. But what we what I wanted to talk about, what I want to encourage you guys in, is having a relationship with the Lord, truly, genuinely, getting out of this mindset that the only time you spend at the Lord is on Wednesdays or Sundays or whenever you go to church, and breaking that mindset into that being adequate. That is actually uh, not at all what our faith is about. And if you have just a church relationship with the Lord, you are not only, uh, we're going to talk about the scriptures where Jesus really rebukes that type of thinking, but not only are you missing out on everything that God really has for you, but you also run the risk of just truly not fulfilling your potential in the Lord and, and an even bigger risk. And that is hearing the words from Jesus away from me, you evildoer, for I never knew you. Now, the point of this is not fear-based. I'm not, I'm not here to scare you into a relationship with the Lord, but I do want you to have a healthy respect, not only for how important it is to have an ongoing, genuine, consistent relationship with the Lord from the word of God, because there are real consequences to this. And, and those consequences may not be your salvation, but it certainly will be the fruit of your life and the reward that God gives you. And we talked about that in the last podcast that God rewards those who diligently seek him. So the, the three things that we're going to talk about as we're not called just to be church Christians, this home is not our home. So we should not think like this is our home. We do not, we should not get too comfortable on planet earth because this is just a temporary location for us. And we were truly designed for a relationship with the Lord. So those are the three things we're going to talk about as I encourage you to spend time with the Lord every single day. And at the end of this, I'm going to share with you my method of spending time with the Lord. Again, I've said this before, and I will say this again, be weary of any formulaic Christianity. This is a relationship. I'm just simply sharing with you how I have fostered a relationship with the Lord in hopes that it encourages you to foster a relationship with the Lord as well. So we're going to go to kind of a, a, a simple beginning, you know, scripture. We're going to go to Matthew chapter six, verse 33. And we're going to start off our, our foundation with this. We are not called to just be church Christians. I, I cannot tell you how many, how long in my life before I kind of went through the whole transformation, I was just a Sunday Christian. I got all pumped up, did, you know, did everything right on Sundays and Wednesday nights, but I spent no time with the Lord outside of that. And I'm not 
again, be weary of formulate Christianity, Christianity. I'm not picking on things, but the time that you should spend with the Lord should be in a format where he is truly allowed to speak with you. So while I think, you know, there are some great Bible studies out there and some great devotions, those should always be a supplement to the time you spend with the Lord. They should never be the primary means of spending time with the Lord because it takes, it takes the ability for the Holy spirit to minister to your life out of the equation and put you into a formulaic position. It's great to study the word of God. We have a a scripture from the book of Acts where it talks about how the Bereans, you know, studied everything that was being taught to them to, you know, to make sure Jesus really is the, you know, Messiah. So we have this idea of studying the scripture, but there should be a difference between studying the scripture and spending time with the Lord. And we kind of want to break through those two barriers today. And truly, I want to help you foster a relationship with the Lord. There's so many reasons why this is important. And we're going to get into those reasons as we go through the scripture today. But you know, if you take nothing away, nothing else away from this podcast and from this time we spend together, understand this, the season's changing. The time is changing. I'm not just saying this. There are Christians all over the world who have a relationship with the Lord, who sense God is changing things. And we are going into a season where we are not going to be able to get by as anemic Christians. And what do I mean by anemic? We are not being fed. We are not being filled with the spirit. We are not being led by the spirit. Those days of being able to get by as an anemic Christian are not going to exist anymore. We have to be plugged into the vine. We have to be in fellowship with the Lord in order to endure, in order to be faithful, in order to be productive in the season we're going into. The Lord woke me up very clearly a couple of years ago and started getting me ready for this. And the first thing that I did was learn how to spend time with him, get into fellowship and get into relationship with him. So from Matthew chapter six, verse 33, this is a very simple scripture. Everybody has heard it, but it's important to remember, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you as well. So what Jesus in that context, Jesus is talking about not to worry about anything, not to worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, but seek first the kingdom of God. What's beautiful about God's word is he gives us principles. Now, what what I'm going to try to do and what we're going to do through this podcast is get rid of God boxes. And what do I mean by a God box? Where we put God in a little tiny box because it's more convenient for us to understand him in that little tiny box. Um, If you, and I do not suggest this, do not go down the rabbit hole of YouTube videos, Christian YouTube videos. You can find every sort of perverse doctrine, every sort of uh, kind of thinking that you want. You can find people that agree with you, people that disagree with you. You can come up with all new ways of thinking. Be careful on the YouTube of, don't go down the rabbit hole of, of Christian YouTube um, because there's a lot of dangerous doctrine out there. And I'm, you know, I'm not here to talk about doctrine. I'm here to encourage you in your faith. But, you know, one of the things that I see a lot of on YouTube is formulaic box Christianity, where we put God in a little tiny box where he's easy to understand and, and we can just follow the rules and check the boxes and everything's good to go. That is not the kind of relationship God has called you to. He has called you to the kind of relationship where it, it is a faith faith-based day by day. He's going to take you places you've never been. He's going to ask you to do things unimaginable because he wants to take you to that next level. He wants to continue to bless your life by doing amazing and, and rad things. And if you know the word of God and you spend time in the word of God, you see God is a very creative God. He does a lot of really amazing things. And I think what scares me when I see some of these Bible teachers and, and I don't, I know this is going to sound weird because I'm doing a podcast. I don't consider myself a Bible teacher. I consider the gift that the Lord's given me the gift of encouragement. I'm here to encourage you with the word of God. And I know some of you may say, well, that's just semantics. No, there really is a difference between being a teacher and encourager. My, as an encourager, I feel like it, my heart is to draw you closer to the Lord, to show you in the scripture, you know, God's promises, his principles. And so going back to what I was saying, God has principles in the Bible. 
there's a difference between a principle and a God box. And we're going to break those down because I'm a very big principle person, but I don't want to put God in boxes. Now, I'm, I am, however, willing to say these are the principles he teaches us. And guess what principle he teaches us? If you seek his kingdom first, and if you make him a priority, everything else will fall into place. What is the first commandment? Have no other gods before me. God is constantly looking for people who have a heart and a mind and a soul. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Somebody you know, who's focused first and foremost on him. He should be first. He should be everything. He should be the thing that we seek first in this life. So let's talk first about what Jesus warned us about when, when we don't have that mindset, when we are not Christians who make God our everything, when we are not to quote DC talk. And I still think this is an amazing song and something that we need to be revived in this season. We're going into what would people think if they hear that I'm a Jesus freak, what will people think um, say if they know that it's true. I think I can't remember the lyrics exactly, but we are called to be Jesus freaks. My, my, my friends, we are truly called to be Jesus freaks. We are called to be different strangers and aliens. And we're going to go into this in a little more detail, but I want, I want to first take you guys into some of the warnings that are given to us in the scripture when we fail to do this. So let's go into the book of revelation. There's a couple warnings in the book of revelation that I think are really important reminders for us as we, as we enter into the season and remember what Jesus rebuked the, you know, what he's teaching us in this. So in revelation chapter two, verse four, and he is speaking to the church of Ephesus and he says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. And here's what Jesus says. If you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place. What did they have to repent from? Not having the love that they had at first. He says, um, he continues to go on. And here's, here's how he closes each of the letters to the churches. And, and this is something I took to heart in my time with the Lord and in, in seeking him. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. He who has ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Proverbs 4, 23, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. The first, the first thing to remember is that you have to have an attitude, a heart that is willing to hear from the Lord, willing to be open, willing to be changed. And, and so the first warning Jesus tells us is if you forsake your first love, the love you had at first, consider how far you have fallen, repent and do the things you did at first, or I will remove your lampstand. That lampstand, that is a really harsh warning. He who has ear, let him hear. All right, let's go on to Revelation chapter three. And here's another warning to the churches. So Revelation chapter three, verses two and three. So this is the letter to the church in Sardis. And Jesus says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. He says, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. He says, remember, therefore, what, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. And so again, Jesus closes off his letter to the church of Sardis and he says, Who, whoever has ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. So you've forsaken your first love. You have the reputation of being alive, but you were dead. Wake up and strengthen what you have. And then he also warns 
in chapter three. So we're in Revelation chapter three still, verses 15 through 22. He, wor- he warns the church in Laodicea. And he says, this one's always been struck home to me. And this is one that I, you know, I just keep in my prayers. Lord, never let, let never, never let these things be said of me. He says, I know your deeds that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other, but because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. And he goes on, you know, to say, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. In other words, you know, come and get the true source of life. It's going to cost you something, but come and get the true source of life so you can become rich and white clothes to wear. And so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. We're going to get into this more when we go into John chapter 15 about the the vine and the branches. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I will eat with them and they with me. We're going to talk about that more detail. This is an important concept. To the one who is victorious, Jesus says, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the spirit says to the churches. Okay. So I've just given you three passages where Jesus rebukes churches for having a, 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 a faith that is not completely dedicated to Jesus. So to the church in Laodicea, he rebukes them for being hot or cold to the church in Sardis for being dead, even though they have a reputation of being alive. And then to the church in in, um, Ephesus, he repents them for forsaking their first love. All right. So let's go into Matthew chapter seven, verse 33. And we're going to go into the warnings that Jesus gives the disciples here. So there's two very important warnings in Matthew chapter seven. So let's start actually in verse 13. He says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. I'm not gonna um, go too deep into this, but I just wanna point out that in our attempt to evangelize the world, I think we've created a watered down version of Christianity where we tell people, accept Jesus into your heart, be baptized and everything's good. That is just the tip of the iceberg, the beginning of what it is to have a relationship with the Lord. And I think it's very dangerous to tell people that that's enough because that's not what God's word said. He says, small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only if you find it. You see, we are, we are supposed to be radical Jesus freaks obsessed with the life that he has given us through the res- through the cross and through the resurrection and committed to making him literally our everything. The scripture is not even gray about this. This is not, there's no question about this. This is not a potentially, um, you know, ambiguous part of the scripture where we could argue, you know, I'm not going to pick a topic because I don't want to get into theology on this podcast. I really, truly just want to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, but this is not even a gray area. And so further down, so we're in, we're in chapter seven of Matthew, Jesus talks about entering the narrow gate. He goes on to, to the true and false prophets. Then he goes on to true and false disciples. And this is what applies to us because not everybody's a prophet, but this is what applies to us. Jesus says in verse 21, so we're in Matthew chapter seven, still verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my father who is in heaven. This is a, this is a scary warning. Listen to this. Many will say to me on that day, but Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name, drive out demons and in your name, perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I 
never knew you away from me, you evildoer. You know, it's fascinating about these warnings that we read in Matthew and in Revelation is that it's all based on relationship. Jesus tells us, you know, in other passages, I am the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice. So we're going to talk a little bit more about what it means to be saved. But I, I first wanted to talk about the fact that there is there is, there are consequences, very serious consequences and warnings to us not being radical about our love for Jesus and radical about our love for the Lord and not loving him with all of our mind, with all of our soul and with all of our strength. Now, the good news is he's made a way for how that is to happen. And we're going to get into that in, in, in a little bit. But the first thing you need to accept is that Sunday Christianity is not going to get you to the destination Jesus has for you. He didn't just die to save, to, to save you from your sins. That was one of the many things he accomplished on the cross, but he died also so we could be filled with the Holy Spirit and produce a crop. We also have the parable of the talents where Jesus tells us, if you take what was given to you and you do not produce a crop, what you have will be taken away from you and you will be called an evildoer. There are serious ramifications to not truly making God everything, our, our obsession, our true love, our focus, our priority. Now, Again, I don't want this to be a fear-based con- uh, a fear-based discussion because that's really not what it is. You know, really when you get into this, you want to be in the presence of the Lord. You want to be with his Holy Spirit. When you truly understand that it is his kindness that leads us to repentance and you have that relationship with the Lord, there's no better place to be. David says in the Psalms, my soul faints and yearns for the living God. Again, th- there's another Psalm, better is one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. It is because there's no place better to be. I'm going to I'm going to go into Psalm 1, but before before I do, I want to close this off by reminding you of one of my favorite parables. And I'm going to, you're going to hear me quote this over and over again, because we need to be reminded of this. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a treasure buried in a field. He sold everything he had to buy that field. This is the reminder that nothing that you sacrifice, give up anything that must be forfeit to make God your God pales in comparison to what it is to be a child of God there's, you know, there's so much victory. And, and I read a little bit of that in revelation. There's so much God wants to give to us and do for us. If we will simply just trust him to be our Lord and savior in every aspect of our life, not just on Sunday. So I want to go to Psalm one, and I want to start off with why again, more than just the warnings. Okay. So I went through the warnings of what happens when you do not have a genuine, serious relationship with the Lord, but I want to go through, um, the benefits. I just talked about how good God is, but I want to go through a Psalm with you and just kind of walk you through what the benefits are of being somebody who, who has relationship with the Lord, meditates on his word, truly seeks him. Psalm chapter one, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. But though, but those whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So blessed is the one who, who, and I'm just going to kind of skip those few sections and go straight to verse two. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers. So not only do we have the promise from Matthew, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then everything else is taken care of, but we're reminded over and over again in the Psalms of what the benefits are of trusting in the Lord. Psalm, you know, Psalm 23, he's going to be our good shepherd. He's going to take care of us. 
everything we need and everything we could possibly want is satisfied in Jesus. I will say this over and over again. I believe Jesus is the answer to any problem you have. If you have a problem in your life and And I know that you might be rolling your eyes and saying, no, Tiana, you don't understand. Um, I have this complete, you know, complex financial situation or this complex relationship or this complex, whatever it is, I can, I'm going to go back to you and tell you again, Jesus is the answer to every problem you have in your life. Because if it's a financial thing, the word of God has promises on that. If it's a relationship thing, the word of God has promises on that. Whatever type of situation you're dealing with, Jesus is the answer to it. And knowing that in your being, that's why I started off with God is good. Knowing that in your being makes it easier to make God your God. You have to remember why you serve him because he is a good God. Your love, oh Lord, reaches to the heavens. So, you know, God, God has such a deep, rich and profound love for us. So I wanted to start off again. This is not meant to be a, a mediocre, lukewarm, Sunday, devotion-only type of relationship with the Lord. This is meant to be a radical, all-out, give God everything, serve Him faithfully in everything. So let's get into a couple scriptures that talk about how we are supposed to think about our lives here on planet earth. So that way we can make, we can get our, we can get in a right relationship with the Lord. I think this is important to understand how we're supposed to think. So I'm going to go to second Timothy chapter two. We're going to read through verses three and four. Now this is, this is important because, you know, Paul is giving Timothy some insight into how we should be thinking about our our job here on the earth. And and, and Paul says in chapter two, verse three, this is again, second Timothy chapter two, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, rather tries to please his commanding officer. We are not, this is not our home. We are here on assignment. (laughs) Part of what causes us to get into a place where we don't spend time with the Lord, where we don't have relationship with him, where he is not what we seek first, where he is not our first love, where we get lukewarm, where we are, where we have the reputation of being alive, but we're dead, where we do not have a relationship with the Lord, where we walk the broad road. Part of what gets us in that is that we forget that this is not our home. Again, when you remember that Jesus has the answer to every problem that you have, because this is his assignment he's put you in, there is nothing he has placed in your life that he does not have a solution for and that he does not want you to come to him to, for a solution for. We are here as soldiers on a mission. So now let's go to, if you will, Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going we're gonna to go into verse 13 here, because what I love about Hebrews chapter 11, this is our hall of faith. And this talks about all of the people who, who please God because of their faith. What is again faith? Just believing and trusting God. <laughs> that is really what brings God pleasure when we stop trying to be the God of our own lives and just trust him to be who he says he is and to do what he says he's going to do. Because guess what? He is who he says he is, and he's going to do what he says he's going to do. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, Again, talking about the people in the hall of faith, all of these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. Okay. So you're not going to receive everything that's promised to the side of eternity. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance admitting. Now this is that this is the key part admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. 
If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Going back to what I was saying before, this is not our home. We are not to look to make this our home. When, when, you're, when you think of this in such Lar- if you exaggerate your, your life here on earth and if you give it more space in reality than it belongs, this is, we have an eternity outside of this. This is such a small portion of our existence. When we make it bigger than that in our minds and our hearts, and we make our problems and all of the, the scenarios in our lives bigger than that, and when we lose focus on what we're really here to do and that this is not our home, then we, then, then, then we allow other things to cloud out God. What does the parable of the seed tell us? There's four, there's four types of, of soil that the seed falls into when the, with the, the farmer and the seed and the sower. And three of the four don't make it either because it's snatched away, but because of the cares of this world come and choke it out or because the roots were not very deep. It was in rocky soil and the roots didn't get deep. You guys, we get to choose what kind of soil our heart is. And when we choose to make this world our home, or when we choose to let the things of this life become a bigger priority than God, we then are choosing to be one of the three types of soil that did not produce a crop. We have to have a heart that says, I I acknowledge that this is not my home. I abandon this as my home. I think of myself as a soldier. You know, part of why I, I get so excited about getting up and spending time with the Lord first thing in the morning and, and letting my letting my day start with him is, is much because I, you know, I've learned to train myself to think like a soldier. I want to check in with my commanding officer and I want to know what he, what he wants for me for this day. You know, I ask questions of the Lord every day, Lord, what do you want to teach me today? Who, who do you want me to minister to? What do you want to flow from my life today? If you are not in relationship with the Lord, you can't begin to get those things answered. So Hebrews is a good reminder. Now there's another chapter where there's another book in the Bible, we're going to go into a a section that a lot of people are familiar with. And I'm just, again, reminding you as, as your sister in the Lord to encourage you to get into this deep relationship with the Lord. We're going to go to Romans chapter 12. Now this is such an important scripture. And I, I quote this all the time. Paul says, therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That's kind of what a soldier does, right? This is your true and proper worship. And Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Stop making this your home. Stop thinking like this is your home. Stop living like this is your home. Stop making God a back burner priority because this is such a small portion of your life. When this is all said and done, do not look back from eternity's perspective, which is not that far away. It's a hundred years at most for most of us. Okay. And, and regret the fact that you did not take advantage of this short period of time that you had here on earth. And then what does Paul say? He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve of what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. How many, how many times have you gone into a situation? You're not in relationship with the Lord. You're not in fellowship with the Lord, but now you realize you're kind of out of your wheelhouse and you want his help. So then you pull out what I call God in a genie bottle, you know, God in your box. Okay. Now God, now it's time for me to get you out of your box and, and bring you into this situation. So, um, I'm going to throw my omens out there, Lord, and just show me what your will is open and close some doors. Guys, what kind of faith is that? (laughs) 
I'm, I'm not saying this from a judgmental place. I've been there. I've done that. I bought the t-shirt. Casting lots is not the way to live your life. Being in relationship with God, being in fellowship, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, offering your body as a living sacrifice, not being conformed by this world, not being narrow-minded and, and, and not taking the broad road, but taking the narrow road. And, and as we're going to get into being plugged into the vine, then you can test God's will. Then you don't have to play. Maybe God's saying yes. Maybe God's saying not. <laughs> I'm not saying you're always going to hear God perfectly, but what I'm saying is that when you're connected with him, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're in relationship with the Holy Spirit, there's a lot less guessing that goes on in your life because you begin to know the mind and heart of the Lord. He fills you with his mind and heart. Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. Jesus said, he even told his disciples, don't worry about when you are persecuted, what to say, because the Holy Spirit's going to give you what you need to say. When you finally decide to start treating God like God of your life, when you finally just start to have a fellowship, decide to start having a fellowship relationship with him, you're going to have your problems solved because you finally have the right person in charge of your problems. I, I can, I can go through now looking back miracle after miracle. I prayed and God answered my prayer and, and it wasn't because you know, I, I pulled my genie out of bottle. There were times in my life before all of this where I was in much better fellowship with the Lord. And, and I, I had the kind of relationship where I was praying from a place in my heart where his Holy Spirit was, was turning my heart. I'll give you an example. I was a teenager. This was before I, I walked away from the Lord and got in a, an abusive relationship. And I was in Mexico and I was on a mission trip. I was down there for several weeks. I went on two of these kind of longer mission trips over the summers. Um, this would have been the summer after my sophomore year, right before my junior year in high school. And we, we did kind of a, um, a public outreach in the city, uh, sponsored by one of the churches. And it was a small little town in Mexico. And we basically shared the salvation message via a drama. And there was a gentleman in the town who had a foot disease. It was, he was a very crippling disease. His feet were just a horrible condition. I've never seen anything like it. He could barely walk. And he accepted the Lord and came to the church service that we had later that night. And the Holy spirit just impressed upon me this need to pray. So rather than eating, um, I, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to share an example to you of what the Lord did in my life. I felt the Holy spirit just you know, pressing on me to go pray for him. So I, I skipped the meal and I went over into a corner and I just got on my knees and I prayed and prayed and prayed for his healing. And I, um, I, I gave the pastor some money that I had. And I said, please go get him some new shoes. We took up a little small co collection amongst us, you know, missionaries. We had these kids, we had some spending money. Our families gave us. And we came back a week later and the Lord had completely healed him. His feet were perfectly great. They had bought him a new pair of shoes. It was, it was one of the most amazing miracles I've seen in my life. And I look back at that and I go, wow, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be a part of what you did. But what happened in that case scenario wasn't that Tiana is a great person and all of a sudden I had this great idea. It was that I was in relationship with the Lord. And when the Holy Spirit led me to do something, I was then able to be a part of what he was going to accomplish. He was going to heal this man regardless, in spite of me. I just got to be a part of that process. When you are in relationship with the Lord, you're going to heal hear these things. You're going to know these things. God's going to speak to you and he's going to perform. He's going to allow you to be a part of what he's going to do in these people's lives. So, you know, again, we should be Jesus freaks. We should remember that this is not our home and keep that perspective as we go through. So we've talked about how 
Sunday morning church isn't enough, how we need to have a genuine relationship with the Lord. We've talked about how we should think about that this is not our home. This is not our final destination. This is such a small portion of our existence. We need to keep that in perspective as we, as we deal with the day-to-day things that we deal with. But now let's actually talk about getting into relationship with the Lord. First thing I want to talk about is that we were designed for relationship with the Lord. If you have not read this book of Song of Solomon, I hate to break it to you, but God did not just put a book about two lovers in the Bible just to entertain you about two lovers in the Bible. This is meant to be a story for us to see the kind of intimacy that we should have with the Lord, that, that just the, the, the love I am my beloved's and he is mine. Just that love exchange that goes back and forth. We were designed for relationship at the very beginning of the Bible. We have the story of God and Adam. What, 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 what was the existence of the, you know, how, or let me say it this way. What was the state of being in that time? It was Adam and God walked in the garden. They had relationship. They had fellowship. It was sin that broke that. And Jesus, through the, his sacrifice, made it possible for us to have that relationship again by being filled with the Holy Spirit. So that is that is our entire reason for existence. It's why we are free will creatures. It is why bad things happen on the, on the planet because God is a respecter of our free will. He gave us a free will so we could have genuine love for him. This is your core design. I like to use this analogy. Anytime you are not filling your tank with, with the fuel that God created you be filled with, which by the way, is his Holy spirit relationship with him. It's like putting sugar in your gas tank. You're, you're putting a cheap replica in your design to, to, to fuel your purpose. That is not what God created. You will, you will always be unsatisfied. You will, there's, you know, again, the biggest lie that Satan is going to tell you is that he can fulfill you outside of God. There's nothing, there is nothing that will ever completely satisfy you the way that Jesus will satisfy you, because that is not how you were designed. You were created with a purpose and a design, and that purpose and design is fellowship. So if you have not read this book of Song of Solomon, go back and read it. And then, you know, and and I'll talk about this in just a minute when I talk about how I spend time with the Lord, how I've learned how to have a relationship with the Lord. You know, when I go through a passage of scripture, I always stop and just pray about it. So go through and pray and just say, Lord, how can I have this type of intimacy with you? How can I have this type of relationship with you? I love the stories of Moses going up on the mountain and coming down from the mountain glowing because he had been in the presence of God. He glowed so bright that he had to wear a veil over his face. I want that kind of relationship with the Lord. And that's the kind of relationship with the Lord that you should seek after the kind like David had, where he just had this raw, I, I love the scripture. I will become even more undignified than this. Just this raw, passionate love for the Lord. You guys, that is it, it, that is what it's about. This is why I rebuke Christianity, fakeianity, churchianity, because everything I'm sharing with you is to invite you into the intimacy, into the greatness of God, not to guilt you into a relationship with the Lord. There are consequences for not doing this, but apart from that, One of the biggest consequences is that you are missing out on this. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. You are missing out on the goodness of God. And and I I just, I'm going to share a story. I think I shared this in my testimony. Um, If I didn't, if I did, I apologize for redundant, but I'm just, I just remembered this and I want to share this with you. I was on a business trip. And so I had, I have a lot of free time on business trips because usually after I get done working, I sit in a hotel by myself, especially now in COVID days where restaurants aren't really a thing. I sit in a hotel room by myself for some time. And I was having a really rough night, uh, not work related. I, I, you know, 
one of my friends said something disparaging about me behind my back and it made its way to made its way back around to me. And I was a little bit sad by it. Um, one of the things that the Lord will teach you as you get into a relationship with him is that if you fear man more than God, your, your priorities are out of whack. So I've learned how not to care what people think, because it's, that's, that is super important to following the Lord. You have to just be able to abandon what people think of you, but I was still being sensitive about it. And I was just praying that night. And as I was praying the presence of the Lord, I, I, I'm, I, I wish I could describe this better than I'm going to describe it, but the presence of the Lord filled that hotel room. It was the most intense experience I've ever had with the Lord. It was, it's so hard to describe. And I, I, if, if you know me to know that I'm at a loss for words says a lot, <laughs> but I guess the best way to say it is it felt like the best and most incredible hug and peace that you can imagine. And what the Lord just showed me is he allowed me to have a glimpse for his just pure, raw, genuine, unbelievable love for his people. And I just sat there in just stunned. I couldn't speak. I just had tears rolling down my face. And the only thing that I could think apart from God, I love you so much. Thank you so much. This is so beautiful was I don't want another person I know to miss out on this because I knew in that moment that that presence that filled that hotel room and that time that the Lord shared with me was a glimpse into what heaven is going to be like. That will be the ambiance of heaven. <laughs> the ambiance of heaven will be the presence of God unadulterated by sin, by Satan, by all of the broken things on this planet, that sensation that I had of complete love, of just complete acceptance, just, just complete perfection that I experienced in, in that, that moment I had with the Lord, that will be heaven for eternity. And when I realize that that is what's at stake, people missing out on that, my entire mindset and my entire life and my mission changed. And I went, Lord, please, please, anybody that I can have influence over, allow me to share this hope with them because I do not want any person to miss on this. And so I share that story with you to say, I'm saying all of this to invite you. It is his kindness that leads us to repentance. You do not want to miss on this, miss out on this. This is why, this is why David said, my soul yearns and even faints for the presence of the Lord. When you understand how good, how sweet, how wonderful, how amazing, how beautiful, how unbelievably magnificent the Lord is, you will want nothing else. You, 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 your whole world will change. And this is exactly what we were created to be. We were created to be worshipers of the one true living God, offering our bodies as living sacrifices, not conforming to the pattern of this world, but radically changed, transformed, and in love with our Savior. So let's go to we were just in Romans chapter 12. <laughs> I know, look, at, look at me just jumping all over. And we're going to go to Romans chapter 8. Now, here's, here's where we're going to get into the relationship part. Now, our relationship with the Lord is through the Holy Spirit, okay, that Jesus told us that. He said, I go to send you the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead you in all truth. And here are two key things to remember about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter eight, there's so much packed into this. We could spend all day on Romans chapter eight. It's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful chapter of the Bible. But Paul tells us if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Okay. We have to be filled with God's spirit. That is the mark. That is our seal that we belong to Christ. And then 
Paul goes on. So that was, that was the second half of verse nine that I just read. Now we're in eight fourteen. for those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Okay. So you have to be led by the spirit of God, not dead, not lukewarm, not, not having the appearance of being alive, but actually being dead and not forsaking our first love, but being led by the spirit, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Like I said, I'm not here to fear you into a relationship with the Lord. He says, but rather the spirit you receive brought, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry Abba, which is Hebrew for father, daddy. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, Paul goes on to say that that makes us co-heirs with Christ which is an unbelievable promise. Again, too much to unpack in this because the purpose of this is to have a relationship with the Lord. But if, if you don't have God's spirit, if you're not being led by his spirit, then what the Bible is telling us here that you don't belong to the Lord. This kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. This is this it all boils down to being filled with God's spirit. He who has ear, let him hear what the spirit says, being in relationship, hearing what the spirit has to say. All right, now I want to... If you guys will turn with me, we're going to spend a good bit of time in this passage. So let's go to John chapter 15, because we're going to close up all of this with John chapter 15, which is the how-to of everything that we just talked about. And we're going to, we're going to dive into this, dive into what this means, and then wrap up. Um, we're almost done. Thank you for hanging in there, guys. This is important stuff. This is really, really important stuff. Again, I'm here to encourage you, encourage you to take the narrow gate to, to have a heart that when the seed falls, it falls on good soil to produce a crop. And all of this is done through the Holy spirit. So here's what Jesus tells us in John chapter 15. He says, I am the true vine. My father, I am the true vine. Sorry. I said that funny. My father is the gardener. Now listen, this is important. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That's what Jesus was warning us about in revelation. We have to bear fruit. And we're going to talk about what the fruit of the, what the fruit of the spirit is, but here's, what's important about fruit. Okay. It's not the fruit of your works. It's not the fruit of your religianity. It's not the fruit of your churchianity. It's not the fruit of your good behavior. It's not the fruit of your behavior modification. It's not the fruit of your perfect theology. It's not the fruit of your doctrine. It is the fruit of God's spirit living in you. He says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So it will be even more fruitful. I urge you to buy for me gold refined in the fire. Okay. So we are going to be pruned. And this is what the book of Proverbs, you know, talks about a lot. It's don't, don't, don't resent when God rebukes you because he's refining you. So every branch that does bear fruit, he, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Jesus said, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Now here's, here's where I see so many Christians get this wrong. They, they miss. There's a two part. There's two parts to this. Remain in me and I in you. You have to be at a place where you stay connected to Jesus, but you also give him a place to be connected into you. 
This is the second part of the equation that most Christians miss. We have no problem going to church. We have no problem turning on our worship music. We have no problem reading our devotional. But where in your life do you give Jesus place to be Jesus in your life, to be God in your life? More than just ritual, more than just formula, more than just going through the motions, but a genuine allowing him. That's what he says, in, as we read in the, in, the, in the book of Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come in and dine with him and him with me. That's that, that's that two-way road. I will come in with him and he will come in with me. You have, to, you have to, above all else, guard your heart. You have to have a heart that gives Jesus permission to be in you not just you and him. It's not one-way Christianity. You don't just get to show up at church and define that this is your relationship. That is not what it's about. And that is why, that is why Jesus goes on and is very explicit in this passage. So now the question is, how do we remain in Jesus and him in us? Well, first and foremost, check your heart. God already knows your heart. I, I remember for such a long time in my life because there, you know, Satan wants to condemn you. He wants to tell you you're too dirty. So, you know, you're going to, he's going to run the gamut of lies. Okay. So either he's going to create a false doctrine and get you to follow a false teacher. That's something we have to be aware of. That is why, that is why in, in the book of Corinthians, we're told that one of the gifts of the spirit is the gift of discerning of spirits, because there are going to be false teachers out there. There already are. I find them YouTube is filled with them. <laughs> and Jesus says it's by their fruit. Again, the way that you distinguish and decipher a false prophet and a false teacher from a true teacher and a is the fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their lives. This is how Jesus tells us to decipher. This is how we're supposed to test, test for ourselves. So that's why Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. Create a place for God in your heart and be honest with him. There are times when I have to go before him and I have to say, Lord, I have a bad attitude today. I don't really feel like getting into your word. I stayed up too late last night and watched too much schmuck TV. And now I have schmuck TV in my head. I'm just giving you an example. Okay. But we all have those things in our life where I don't, I, I don't have time for you this morning, Lord. I don't, you know, I don't feel like it. Um, I would rather sleep in whatever your excuses. I promise you that when you get to heaven, there will be no excuse that will be more important to you than what you missed out on. In other words, whatever reason you don't spend time with the Lord every day is so silly compared to you, what you're missing out on both here on earthly blessings, as well as eternity. He rewards those who diligently seek him and, and, and lest you say rewards are a bad thing. Why does God use it to motivate us? It's not a bad thing. It is a good thing. And so I, this, this false humility Christianity that says you don't want to work for reward. Yeah, actually you do. Because that's why Jesus who for the reward, who for, you know, what was said before him endured the cross because Jesus was looking forward to us being with him. We are his reward. That's why he endured the cross <laughs> because, because this was what it was all about. So reward is a good thing. Don't, don't. Do not let anything else be more important in your life. Do not let anything else be more important in your life. I'm going to say this over and over again. Do not let anything else be more important in your life. Not your sleep, not your morning TV show, not your time on your phone. Let nothing else be more important than spending time and checking in with your commander in the morning. So the first way that we get plugged into the vine is to check our hearts and create space for the Lord. Make time for the Lord every single morning. And I say morning. Now, there's two reasons why I say morning, okay? First of all, I look at 
tithing as a physical thing. Like I physically tithe, but I also look at it as something else. It's also the God gets the first fruit. He gets the best of me. He gets the first part of my day because a, I want to start off my day with him. I want to give him my day. The, fir- the first and best part of my day. He deserves to have the first and best part of my day. He is my King of Kings and my Lord of Lords. He deserves to have the best part of my day. Now, some of you may say, I'm a night person. I'm better at night. Now give him the first part of your day. The other thing is too, there's, there's, there's a, um, another great story that the Lord gives us in the old Testament. When Moses is traveling through the, the wilderness and God provides manna for the people of Israel. Manna is also a symbol of the word of God. We are to eat fresh manna. What, what, is re- what is really significant about the manna? They were only able to store manna overnight one day a week, which is the Sabbath. Every other day they had to collect fresh manna. Your yesterday's manna doesn't apply to today's. You should have fresh manna every day. And when, when would they collect it? First thing in the morning. So get up in the morning, get your fresh manna, get plugged in, make time for the Lord, do whatever you have to do to rearrange your schedule to make this a priority. Because again, this is not your home. And when you make things of this earth more important than the Lord, you are missing out on what God has for you. Again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make condemn you. I'm trying to invite you and remind you of why this matters, what really is important. So make time with the Lord. Now spend time in the word. As we saw in Psalm chapter one, whoever meditates on God's word day and night is like a tree planted by a water by the water. And, and what does it say? Okay, John, you know, here we read in John chapter 15, he who, he who has bears no fruit is cut off and thrown into the fire. What does it tell us in, in Psalm chapter one person is like, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers, spend time in prayer and in the word of God read God's word, not a devotional. Again, there's nothing wrong with those, but those should be a supplement, not your true not your true focus. So here's, here's how I suggest spending time in the word of God, reading the Bible. I suggest that read a little bit from one of the gospels every day. Just get to know your savior, spend some time with Jesus, read until the Holy spirit speaks to you. So sometimes I read a passage. Sometimes I read two or three chapters just until whatever. And when, when I see something that I feel like the Lord's tugging at my heart, I stop I meditate on it and then I pray and I spend some time praying about that passage. You know, so if, if the Lord, you know, shows me something and I feel like he's trying to speak something to me, I'm going to stop and spend some time praying about it and just, and asking the Lord, you know, to teach me. So, you know, for example, this morning I'm, I started the book of Matthew because I just finished the book of John. So I go Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and I start back at Matthew and I just constantly read through the gospels and never stop reading through the gospels. And, and I'm in Matt, Matthew chapter one, and it talks about, you know, Joseph was thinking, yeah, I'm not so sure about Mary, but then an angel comes to him and says, no, this is, you know, this is, this is my design. And so Joseph does what he's supposed to do. And then he marries Mary and doesn't consummate the marriage until after she has Jesus. And so I stop and I pray about that. And I'm like, Lord, where in my life have I not just said yes to you? Where in my life have you come to me and asked me for something like you did, Joseph? Joseph, I know this is really hard for you, but I'm going to ask you to take Mary as your wife because this is my work I'm doing in her life. And I just stop and I pray about that, Lord. Where in my life have I not given you that permission? And, And allow God to minister to you through his work, through his word. I suggest reading from a a book in the new Testament as well. So read a a gospel and then read from 
any books of the New Testament. I love the book of Acts. I love the book of Romans. I, lo- I love all of them. I mean, they're just so full with such great things. And just read through, you know, the letters to the churches and, and the stories and allow them, the Lord to speak those, you know, to speak that to you. It is really amazing when you just open the word of God, just read your Bible and let the Holy Spirit minister to you what God will, what God will speak to you. And then I read a Psalm a day. I think that there is so much power in being transformed by the renewing of your mind that occurs when you read Psalms. And then I read, uh, I read from an old Testament prophet. So I actually read through a couple. I'm, I'm in Isaiah and Ezekiel right now. And then I read from, uh, one of the earlier books of the Bible, not necessarily just the Torah, which are the first five books of the Bible, but right now I'm in Joshua, for example. And I will probably go into at night. I've been studying the book of Exodus. I'm actually reading Dennis Prager's Common Sense Bible, his commentary on the book of Exodus. I really enjoy reading that Orthodox Jewish, uh, Jewish perspective on on the Torah. I think it's it's fascinating as Christians um, to 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 see other perspectives of reading the Scripture. So that is just kind of my my method: spend time praying and spend time in worship. The way that you truly connect with the Lord is in prayer. We see Jesus prayed all the time. He spent time with the Lord all the time. By the way, if Jesus made time for the Lord and he did all the time, we see that Jesus was always first thing in the morning, separating himself, getting time with the Lord. This is this, this whole thing that I'm teaching you is an example we're taking straight from Jesus. And what's interesting is if you read through the book of Acts, so many, God did so many miracles at the time when people were just together praying. So spend time praying, spend time in God's word, read God's word, let the Holy Spirit teach you his word remain in the vine and give him place to be in you and invite the Holy Spirit in your life. I pray constantly, Lord, teach me to be sensitive to you. Teach me to hear your Holy Spirit. He who has ear, let him hear. Lord, give me an ear to hear. Let me hear you knocking. Let me invite you in. And I I just beg, I, I beg, I plead, I ask the Lord, ask and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Um, ask and you receive, sorry, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. You know, there are so many, God wants to enter into this relationship with you. So when you come to him humbly, open-minded with an open heart, and you ask him to lead you in these things, before long, you will begin to hear his voice. You will know his voice. My brothers and sisters, we cannot afford to be lukewarm Christians. We cannot afford to have, afford to have the reputation of being alive, but be dead. We cannot afford to not know the Lord. We cannot afford to not be in the vine and have Jesus in us. We cannot afford in these days that we go into to not be led by the spirit, filled with the spirit. And we cannot afford to be Christians who do not make God our God, who do not give him everything. I I cannot even begin to tell you the peace. My life is not perfect. It's not going to ever be perfect, but the perfect commander is in control of my life. I don't worry about things anymore. I don't have fear anymore. Why? Because I know that no matter what happens, as long as I stay plugged into the vine, it's going to be okay. Not my definition of okay, God's definition of okay. And I, and I just pray that the Lord will transform me that my body would be a living sacrifice. Pray these things, seek these things, ask the Lord to pour his spirit into your mind and into your heart so you can produce fruit. I know that we've covered a lot. We went through a lot of scriptures today. I just kind of want to go back through and recap on what we talked about. We are not called to just be Sunday Christians. No churchianity, no fakeianity, no religianity. This is not going to cut it. We are made for a different place. This is not our home. Don't think of this like your home. Be transformed, be transformed, be transformed. (laughs) Remember, remember what you're really here for. 
Do not let the fear of, of man supersede the fear of God. Do not let temporary circumstances make eternal decisions for you. Please do not do this. I implore you. We are a body. We are one. What is when you grow and you are healthy and you are thriving, our body is better off. I am imploring you as another member of your body to please get connected into the vine. And we were designed for relationship, an intimate, beautiful, passionate, intense relationship with the Lord. Enter into that. Seek that with everything. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with endurance the race that's marked out for before us. That is, that is from Hebrews chapter 12. Run, run. We are soldiers. We are on a mission. You have a hundred years max on this mission. That's it. You guys, we just have to be faithful for this one lifetime and everything else, everything else. We will be given to us, has been given to us. And you have the power to walk this life through the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to give us the ability to do this. Plug into the Holy Spirit. Ask him to lead you. Ask him to teach you. Ask him to soften your heart. Ask him to to speak to you. And I promise you, he will be faithful. He will be faithful to do this. Y'all, I sound like a preacher's kid today. (laughs) I'm not trying to preach at you. I'm your sister. I'm a member of your body. We're one. Jesus, that was the last thing he prayed, that we would be one like, you know, that that his body would be one. His bride would be one as he and the father are one. We are are a bride. We are a unit. We are a body. And we are eagerly waiting for the return of our savior. But until then, we need to be busy about his business and be busy in relationship with him. Do not, do not let temporary, this temporary life supersede your eternal life. The kingdom of heaven was like a man who found a treasure buried in a field. He sold everything he had, everything he had for that field. Give everything you have to the Lord. I promise you it will come back a hundredfold. That is not even, not even a hundredfold. That is such a bad so much more than a hundredfold. It will come back. There's nothing you will give up, nothing you will give up that will not be multiplied exponentially by being faithful and trusting the Lord. Guys, he is worthy of our trust. He is so good. He is worthy of our time. He is worthy of our relationship. And it is such a beautiful place to be. Get to that place in your heart where you are like David. I will become even more undignified than this, celebrating the presence of God in your life. We have the privilege of being filled with his Holy Spirit because of what Jesus did for us. Take advantage of that. Let's Let's, let's get back plugged into the vine and let's get out there and change the world because the season has changed. The time has changed. Who we have to be in the world has changed. And that all begins and ends with how we spend time with the Lord and how we hear from him. We cannot be led by our flesh into this next season. We will get eaten up and chewed out and chewed up and spit back out. Uh, you know, that that's why in, in, in Ephesians, we're told to put on the full armor of God. And the full armor of God all comes from the Holy Spirit. (laughs) It's all the Holy Spirit and in his word. Get to know his word. Allow him to minister his word to your heart. It it will transform you. Thank you for tuning in. If you know anybody else that would enjoy joining us on this journey, please be sure to tell them about it. And I'm, we're on all different, uh, we're on all the different, I don't know what you call them, podcast hosts. So Google, um, I have not submitted to Pandora yet, but we're on Google, Buzzsprout, Apple, 
uh, Spotify. So if you are on any of those platforms, please be sure to subscribe. Please leave a review. That really helps. If you leave a review, it, it comes up higher in the searches. Tell, tell your friends and family, and most importantly, be encouraged. Spend some time with the Lord. My whole heart, my whole passion is that you draw closer to Jesus and learn how to enter into an intimate relationship with him. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, this has been Tiana Showy, and you are made to conquer. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Made to Conquer. Please be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends and family anyone else you think would enjoy joining us on this journey of drawing closer to Jesus.